Mount. Once we clear a path for all of these guys, you can take it from here. You got it. Okay, Photos, time for one last brawl. I don't want to see anybody holding anything back, okay? Do I ever? I have kids waiting for me back home, so I plan on giving this everything I've got. You, you got kids? What the, when the hell did you have kids? <laughs> a lady's got to have a few secrets, you know. Secrets? <laughs> Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s, trapped in a sea of condensed space, talk about anime. I hate when it happens. His enemy is the universe itself. It's Bill. Yeah, that checks out. He has a bundle of spiral energy. It's Andy. <laughs> I've been drinking wine. That checks out. <laughs> and I've got kids waiting for me back at home. I'm Josh. And, yeah, it's normal for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks, hello. Okay. How you doing? Oh, man. So, a couple, of th- a couple of things real quick to get out of the way before we move into this episode. Number one, we are recording remotely yes. tonight. Um, so, if you ever hear Bill or myself laughing, it's because Josh is dubstepping. And that's what the affectionate term we use when Josh's internet connection gets all wonky and he sounds like a weird, messed up dubstep robot. No, you are um, not the, I am not the only one that dubsteps. You and Bill dubstep just as much as I do. Because <laughs> you're dubstepping right now on me, so fuck off. <laughs> that's because uh, that's of your true. internet connection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second thing that I want to note before we get started here is if you have not already gone and listened to our recent bonus episode on the main feed, we released our interview with Dorothy Fawn. And I don't know, what did you guys think since we had to redo the um, interview and it was just myself and Dorothy? Uh, have you had a chance to listen to it? What do you guys think? She is delightful. Josh, have you had a chance to listen to that interview yet? I have. Um, not all of it, though. I've gotten like three quarters uh, through it. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I constantly forgot how, how bubbly she is and how positive she is, too. And uh, listening to it made me rem- remind me how fun it was to talk to her when it was all three of us before the audio issues. Yeah, no, it it was fun. It was a great mm-hmm. interview both times. And if you have not yet gone and listened to that, please go and check it out. It's really, really a good interview, especially if you're a fan of Trigun, if you're a fan of Sailor Moon, Naruto, Digimon. She talks about a lot of different animes mm-hmm. that she was involved in, so uh, definitely go check that out. I went and found uh, audio clips of, of Lilymon and that character from Naruto, and uh, that was kind of that was cool. It was very cool hearing her voice come out of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I agree. The third thing I want to mention is that we are going to... Once again, do a double up episode today where myself and Bill are going to go through our reviews of episode 24 of Gurren Lagann. I'll never forget this minute this second. And episode 25, I accept your last wish. And we decided to do this as a way to just kind of test the waters again on 
Um, you know, I, I think we might make it a thing where every once in a while we double up on some of the content on a particular episode, just because there are certain episodes of certain anime that don't lend themselves to as deep of a discussion mm-hmm. because not as much of importance happens. And it's not to say that there's some things in these episodes that aren't important because they definitely are, especially when we get into the second of the two episodes we're going to review. But um, I think that we're going to just test out this uh, once again with just doing a straight up review, skipping nerd news, uh, and then you know hitting nerd news next time when we review episode 26. Sounds like a plan. So I think we're going to get started there. Jump in to episode 24 of Gurren Lagann. I'll never forget this minute, this second. So we open. This is the tale of a man. You get it by now, right? Like, like we yes. don't have to go over this? Like, we understand yep. that he's a man and that he does things? Yep, that's a tale about him. Pretty much the usual way. Let me give you the short version. Simone and company are looking to save Nia and the Earth. The end. Yerp. So they are heading toward Nia... And apparently using Nia's ring, as well as Simone's will, to try to track her down. We get a really handy bit of exposition from Gimme and Dari. A little bit of a a mini-info dump where they explain that the connection between Simone and Nia is so strong that it transcends time and space. Love transcends all. Pretty normal talking point there. Love is the power of everything. Very anime. Mm -hmm. Very, very anime. Uh, Simone states that they're ready to jump into the anti-spiral stronghold. We get yet another speech trying to pump them up. What is this, the third time now before they fought the anti-spiral that they're going to get an inspirational speech? I Uh, have lost count. Yeah, we get too many of that. Not in the faction. But don't worry. We're going to get some action in this episode. And not the sexy Well, kind of sexy. Well, kind of, actually, in the next scene. (laughs) A little Uh, bit. A little bit there. (laughs) Title card. Yeah. We get our title card, they teleport in, they seem confused because that was way too easy. And Ottenborough freaks out and says, oh my god, there's a giant naked woman floating in space! <laughs> I like literally qu- wrote that quote down here on my notes. Giant naked woman floating in space. It's pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. Especially because everyone else is like, what are you talking about? Because they don't see the giant naked woman. Apparently Ottenborough is much more tuned into that sort of thing. Uh, but then a few seconds later, they notice it. It is Nia, as you might expect. Naked. Except for the naughty bits covered up by, once again, might I call them pube cubes? <laughs> I think that's a great uh, description of them. It's definitely, the anti-spirals definitely seem to have a censorship uh, down pat. Yeah. Because they don't like fucking. Yeah, that's true. We found out, I talked about that last time. Do you think that, um, do you think that they're in league with censor bars? Oh. Yes. That's what bars are made of is the, uh, the cubes. <laughs> the, the cube pubes? I was thinking. I was thinking that episode of uh, Futurama, uh, the uh, two satellites, the FCC satellite, and I forget the other one that merged together and started uh, uh, editing out planets because they were violating FCC. The V Giant. Yeah. The V Giant. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this leads to Nia and Simone sharing a tender moment together. Aww. And then Lord Genome gets a bit of exposition here. He lets us know that Nia is being analyzed by the Anti Spiral because of her time living with the humans. And that knowledge is stored in her mind and her body. And here's my thing. They're, anal- Gotta start they're somewhere. analyzing her body. And they actually ask what's going on with her body. And I think they're referencing the um, the cubed parts. So I'm wondering, are they actually analyzing her naughty bits at this point? That's where I store all my knowledge. Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. 
So they jump again. They decide, screw it, we're going to jump. And it takes them right back to where they were with the projection. Apparently the projection is screwing with their ability to actually track down Nia because Nia's life essence and form is right here and it's the closest thing that keeps bringing them back to this weird projection. Because, you know, science fiction bullshit. Mm-hmm. They're frightened by an anti-spiral voice that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, which in the credits, if you look if you look at the end credits, like the uh, under the different characters and voice actors it's just credited as anti-spiral which i thought was pretty pretty good anti-spiral which is voiced by david mallow apparently this voice in their enemy according to lord genome and this is a quote that genome says is the enemy is our universe itself all right okay i don't think he, i don't think he was meaning their universe but because they're actually in the anti-spirals universe created by their imaginations so I think that's what he was referring to, that their enemy is the anti-spiral who created this universe. Because they talk the about how it's all composed. Yeah, it's like composed of their will and everything else, which kind of explains some of the some of the pseudo-science-y craziness we're going to see here in the next two episodes. We are going to get quite a bit of that. Uh, so the voice tells them that their last flicker of hope dies when this girl vanishes. Since they're using her, obviously, to track the anti-spirals when they get rid of Nia, they won't be able to find the anti-spirals. But that doesn't really matter, because we get some weird shit that happens next. I'm talking, like, the weirdest shit that's happened in this anime yet, and I've seen some weird shit in this anime. Um, There are hands and arms cradling stone heads that, like, materialize out of the sky, and this is apparently their quote absolute despair form what the fuck is happening you know honestly this is where i go okay nope not gonna logic anymore just gonna enjoy this zaniness because no matter how crazy stupid this is it still looks kind of cool you have to admit that the evil hand foot and mouth drones are kind of (laughs) cool hand foot and mouth that's awesome um (laughs) No, it's weird. It's very weird. I don't know what to think of it. Bill, what do you what do you think of this embodiment of the anti-spiral being this hand, arm, head, um, stone statues? I guess using the uh, heads so much in this anime, it makes sense for another otherworldly evil thing to be a different body part, I guess. That's interesting. That is a real... No, that, that actually is really interesting. Glad they decided to use appendages instead of um, midsections or pelvic regions. Well, with this anime, anti spirals you... don't fuck. That's true. They don't. <laughs> but they, they have don't. butts. I... They could still poop you to death. Yeah, fine. They could be, they could be like a wombat, just smash you with their butts. <laughs> Hands over clothes only. Ottenborough responds by blasting them because that's what Ottenborough do. Um, but the shots bounce off of a shield. So they decide they're going to suit up for battle instead. They're going to take to their gunmen and head out. And Leita apparently says that she isn't really needed anymore because Ark Garen or whatever this big ship is called. What's the new Super name Galaxy for the big ship? Super Galaxy Yeah, that. Uh, apparently that does all the adjustments for her. So she hasn't had to do as much. <laughs> um, so she kind of feels obsolete in this scene. Uh, Team Daigurin take to the skies to fight the anti-spiral, and we get a funny moment where Yoko is talking, and she says that she has kids to get back to, and Keaton has one of my favorite responses where he freaks the fuck out and's like, "Kids, what are you talking about?" And she says, "A lady has to have a few secrets, you know." <laughs> and he's like, "Secrets?" And it's just really good. Yeah, it's it. I, I like the dynamic that you were getting between Yoko and uh, Keaton here. 
Um, I kind of wish that there was more time to explore it, though, you know, because it's yeah, because even the previous episode we saw um, their their banter was really on point. And it was really enjoyable. And even <laughs> Keaton kept staring at her tits. It's obviously there's something going on between them. And it's kind of a shame, as we'll get to it, um, what's going to happen. Yeah. Bill, what do you think of this sudden putting these two characters together? It's a little weird, actually, that they, uh, you know, her whole arc was that she loved Kamina and that he's dead and Simone, like, kind of had a crush on her and he got upset about it. And now, like, they're kind of randomly shoehorning in. Oh, yeah. Now she's this love interest of this other guy. Yeah. It is weird I, to me, too. I think it's I think it's just there for chief emotion later. Yeah, no, I, yes, uh, ultimately yes, because as we'll see later on in these episodes, there are a lot of emotional moments, and not not all of them hit home, um, because as we called it in an earlier episode, there's some certain characters that only just appear like last episode, where it's like, huh, gee, I wonder what's going to happen to those people. Um, right. And that's exactly as we called it, as we'll see. Well, and I mean, this is why I'm saying that I wish they had more time to build on Yoko and, and Keaton, because I think I, I like the idea. They didn't give it enough time to really develop, I think. Yeah. Which is a shame because it probably could have been something a lot more impacting later on. And a lot more interesting too. Mm -hmm. A ton more interesting. So we commence a giant battle with lots and lots of explosions. Really not much to say here other than we get a lot of really cool visual effects. I thought the battle scene was pretty cool. Um, It does end with Simone's core drill going against the Stonehead shield and failing. Yeah, uh, which Simone's response, of course, is, well, shit, I need a bigger drill. <laughs> and he looks like Super Galaxy Dagger and goes, I have an idea. I mean, it has worked for him in the past. Yeah, because apparently Super Galaxy Dagger can take humanoid form. <sighs> which, again, I'm not surprised because everything can transform and, and upgrade, it seems, in this anime. Well, that's what Lagan does. So, yeah, that. Yeah, Lagan is kind of a key. And I think a lot of it, too, is is how Lord Genome points it out, is that the human form is what optimizes spiral energy. And I think that's that's kind of cool, actually, to actually explain why we have these fighting machines in human form, as opposed to, you know, a much more aerodynamic ship form. It's because it can utilize the, the full potential of Mysterious Energy X. Well, of spiral energy in this case. And do you know what else Lord Genome says? He says that that mech's power would rival a microcosmos, whatever that means. Uh, okay, dude. Dude, didn't you ever see Men in Black? Dude. Yes, but it's been a while. <laughs> so you need lots of spiral energy, and Simone is the only one apparently who has all that spiral energy. That's because he doesn't masturbate. He is pen- <laughs> gets too pent up. He was waiting until he got married to Nia before he gave her the sex. Before he gave her the sex. Wow. I also love how Simone says, I'll be back in a flash with a really big drill. He's just so straightforward. Like, don't worry, guys. I'm going to get the biggest drill you've ever seen. And everything's going to be great. It's going to be And then we get the first of three in this episode. Mm-hmm. Brick cards. Brick cards. the power. 
Hello, Questionable Endeavor Network listener. If you're a current or former fan of wrestling, you should check out the Raw Attitude Podcast, hosted by me, retired professional wrestler Henry Hugepex, the suplex-throwing human duplex. On the show, I chronologically recap episodes of WWE Monday Night Raw from the Attitude Era, a time period where wrestling became more violent, more profane, and more sexual simply because, well... That's what we the fans demanded from the product in the late 1990s. Listen along with me as I revisit the crazy antics of The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon, The Undertaker, Mick Foley, and many more of your childhood favorites. You can subscribe to the Raw Attitude Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or you can listen to each new episode on the Questionable Endeavor Network website, questandnetwork.com. That's the Raw Attitude Podcast, hosted by me, Henry Hugepex, the suplex-throwing human duplex. Oh baby, I like it raw, and I know that you will too. Raw, raw, fight the power! And we're back from the break card. And uh, more explosions, more fighting. Pew, pew, and this pew. Gives the members Since you're in your own office, do you, did you fart the whole break card? Oh, I've been farting every 4.2 seconds. Yeah, can't you tell his face? Okay. He's he's smiling this whole time, so he's been he's been <laughs> letting it rip. I'm sure by the end of this recording, uh, Ray's going to kick him out of the house so he can de- uh, breathe later. That's what I'm saying. It comes and stinks up my basement. <laughs> so, more explosions, more fighting, and this gives the members of Diger a chance to get some glory of their own in this episode. The stone heads start moving. And the group realized that, hey, wait a minute. You know, these heads haven't actually attacked us. Not really. I mean, they've just been sitting there taking the shots like, oh, derp de derp de derp we're bad guys. Yeah, and Keaton's all like, it's because we're badass. Yeah. So the good guys start to form back up uh, together. But suddenly they're attacked by stone hands and feet. I guess the statues broke apart into different pieces. And it's like really creepy because it's like the hand will have a head in the palm or the foot's got like like eyes and it's just really bizarre. I thought they had faces in the knuckles as well. Yeah, it's got like face face knuckles. <laughs> face knuckles. Uh, so things aren't going well. They do not go well at all for, for Team Digger in here. Um, two of the new guys say that they're going to go on a bit of a suicide mission. Bet you can't guess what's going to happen to them. That's Iraq and Kid, and they go to try to save Sorthy, who's the one that we see is getting getting all jacked up right now. Yeah, Zorthy, aka New Guy Number One, mm-hmm. uh, gets ends up getting crushed, yep. and then New Guys Number Two and Three, Kid and Iraq, is it Iraq like the country? I, you know, it's I R A K, so they at least okay, spelled so it different. Essentially, <laughs> huh? But anyway, they seem to be in a bad way as thermal missiles go flying by them. Uh-huh. And uh, Ottenborough decides to shoot down seven of those 13 missiles, Yay. leaving the rest of the team to take out the other six. Uh, but after that, Kid and Iraq, numbers two and number three, are taken down in a blaze of glory. Yep. So we've already had three deaths, none of which really had any emotional impact. I don't know if he decided to take out six of them or he just only could take out six of them. Yeah. I mean, he tried to take them all out, obviously. Yeah, it wasn't like he was like, I decided I'm just going to do half of them. Because <laughs> when, when is it that Ottenborough would ever go for less. I mean, it's Ottenborough. That is true. He's he's all about more. Yeah. <laughs> also just bad strategy. Yeah. Uh, so the missiles come through warp gates now? After they, they get rid of the other ones? Like, that's smart. Like, you don't sure. you don't see that very often in uh, sci-fi. Teleporting missiles? No. It's probably expensive. 
Also, you see, like, Cowboy Bebop, like, there was an episode where there were missiles going through one of the warp gates, and they had to, like, fly through the warp gates with it and then try to shoot them down. And then I remember at the end, they were like, if we don't close the warp gate, then these missiles are going to go over and destroy this planet. So, like, they were racing ahead of the, miss- the missiles to get out. But, like, it's, it's kind of a new concept. It's actually a really cool one where it's like, right. let's just make these missiles teleport in. And then it's, like, on top of them. On Star Trek, they just use a teleporter to, like, put a nuke on the bridge of a ship they're fighting with. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, it's smart, and it almost works. Kind of. Um, Maken gets taken out in this scene. Uh, He actually sacrifices himself to stop one of those explosions. And in typical anime trope, his significant other, Leita, knows when it happens. Because they have a little cut to Leita, look up, and as he dies. And it's like, oh, that's so... Yeah. I, I do want to note, though, that this scene, uh, with all of the deaths that are happening, they give each of the characters, when they die, like a cool shaded moment mm-hmm. where, like, they evaporate. Kind of similar, I think, what we saw to Kamina earlier um, in the series. I think he had a similar sort of effect. Uh, are, are we talking pencil line? Because they did that with Adine. Oh, maybe it was a DNA I was thinking of. Yeah. But they, they give him this really cool uh, sort of death effect. Mm-hmm. And it, it reminds me of, uh, and then Bill, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It reminds me of like the final two episodes of Sailor Moon when all the Sailor Scouts sacrificed themselves. Uh, so that way Serena, Usagi, whatever, uh, can go fight Queen Beryl. Right. Um, like each of them kind of like throwing themselves in a way to make for the greater good. Don't you mean when they got captured? Oh, sorry, sorry. That was a deke dub. That was a deke dub. <laughs> that happens to Maken, but then Dari's in trouble, and Gimme goes out to make the save. Um, and in doing so, also, Jorgen and Balanbo show up to make the save and bring them in, but they realize they can't haul them all the way, so they just lug and throw uh, mm-hmm. Gimme and Dari, and they end up essentially dying as well. I like how Jorgen and Balanbo go out, though, because they're like, Gimme, Dari. You be strong now. Yeah, we were we were strong. Now you be strong. And they're like, you know, kind of encouraging yeah. them as they were dying because they knew. And they die laughing, which is also really cool. Totally fitting of their character. Yeah. <laughs> either either they don't realize they're dying and they're having too much fun or they are and it's still kind of badass. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, so they're blown to bits, mm-hmm. and um, they take a lot of enemies with them, at least. So there's a huge kind of explosion of the enemy as well. Mm-hmm. Simone is powering up the big old mech, saying that he will never forget this minute, this second, this moment. And we get a cool transformation sequence that is cut off uh, because a gravitational <laughs> field shows up, and they get dragged into a sea in the middle of space. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Huh. To be continued. Yeah. So that was episode 24 of Gurren Lagann. I'll never forget this minute, this second. Uh, So let's talk about what we thought of this episode. My initial thoughts. Uh, I think there are a few things that are a little over the top and a little confusing. Um, However, I don't... I'm not... It doesn't bother me as much as it had in some of the other episodes. This I kind of rolled with it a little bit more in this one. There wasn't anything so outlandishly over the top at all that... I was like, huh, this is ridiculous. Like, I kind of, as I mentioned, I really liked the teleporting of the of the um, the missiles. I thought the weird holographic image of Neo was kind of interesting. I I really as much as oddball as the concept the concept of the heads with the hands and the feet are. I kind of dig it because it's so 
it's almost like Lovecraftian in a way. Like you see this like big stone, almost idol that like is speaking to you and has these like crazy powers. And I, I get the idea of the anti-spiral of being this otherworldly sort of, of entity. So I, I really enjoyed that as well. So I honestly, this was a really good episode overall. We had some dramatic death scenes. I, I really liked it. I, I, for the most part, agree with you there. Um, I think some of the, some of the death scenes were sort of cheapy. Like you said, I mean, they introduced characters, gave them names yes. just to kill them. Okay. Josh, what do you think? I like this episode. Um, I like the action bits. Um, it's, it's got some really good animation. It's really polished, really nice. Um, yeah, the, the deaths of the other members of team Diger and well, not significant. They tried to make it seem significant. At least they made it look cool. Like, as I said, Jorgen and Balambo's death, especially with their laughing as they're going out. I thought that was really cool. Um, not much, not, not very heavy in the content. Obviously, uh, this episode was obviously, I don't know if it was padding or if they just wanted to do a more actioning episode where the focus was more on the other members so that we could have the, these deaths happen. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it's a bad episode. I like it. It's not top five, but it's a good example of good action, good animation and pretty decent writing too. Um, so yeah, a good episode. I like it. This is weird. I, I feel like I'm. I liked it the most of the three of us, and that's weird to me. That is. I honestly thought that you were going to hate this in the next episode. Oh wait, we'll we'll, we'll get to the next episode in just a little bit. Um, I'm interested to talk about that as well. Yeah, I am too. I'm very curious because this, they do some weird shit in this next episode. They do. Um, but before we get there, I figure it's probably a good idea if we take to once more the break card. Welcome to the break card. My name is Andy and I've brought these two fools with me this time because I don't want to try to edit in a break card alongside of three layers of audio. It smells like farts in here. What's a strange place? (laughs) What's going on? It's not quite as bad as Bill's sex dungeon, um, but but it is a little little dark in here. What's that smell? Uh, Ooh, that smell. Uh, That's where Andrew's farts go. Oh, there's, a, there's a couch in here. Lord Almighty! Uh, Who's so using this couch? Break card. So, <laughs> hey guys, do you know how people can support our show? Isn't no. it through the Patreon? What's the website though? I forget that. Oh Probably yes, not. that's Patreon.com/slash Tuning Japanese. Bill, thank Never you heard for of your, it. Your, your deep knowledge of our show that we do every week. Um, no, we uh, we are supported completely by the fans through uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash tuning Japanese or not Patreon and through my wallet. Uh, so if you enjoyed this show, if you are a new listener and you are joining us after the Dorothy Fawn interview, if you have not had the opportunity to give to back to the show, um, we would highly recommend that you do so if you are able to by going to patreon.com slash tuning Japanese where you can get all kinds of bonus content. A dollar a month gets you tons of bonus episodes. We're up to, I think, 22 bonus episodes as well as a few other little minor ones sprinkled in. Um, for $3 a month, you we've got some stickers, uh, tuning Japanese stickers that you get a set of. Um, if you donate $5, you get... Um, more stickers, as well as you get to pick an episode of uh, any anime for us to record. Or for $10, you can come on to an episode like Superfan Matt did before with our review of the first episode of uh, The Irresponsible Captain Tyler. And uh, we would love to have you on for an episode 
in the future yeah. as well. So if you're listening and you have the financial means to do so, uh, consider donating. We it would really, really appreciate it. Yeah, Andy and Superfan Matt can't be the only ones to be paying off for all this. So help us out, please. We're broke. Uh, hey, Bill. Lieutenant Dan, they got no legs. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Bill. <laughs> Yes. Where if uh, someone else wanted to watch other podcasts as part of our extended family and network, where could they go? My Instagram. That's <laughs> not not where they could go. Oh Christ, Josh, help us out. Where can they go? Well, they can't really watch the other podcasts, but they can always visit questandnetwork.com to go to the Questionable Endeavor website <laughs> and check out some of the other shows, like Rundown Wrestling Podcast or New Blood Rising Podcast. Taco Tuesday podcast, or one of my personal favorites, three animator podcasts with our friends Yada, Taka, and Tetsu. Talk about all sorts of anime, and they're a lot of fun. I highly recommend them. Don't forget Gaijin Gary, man. He's the sound guy. No one remembers Gary. It's like, he's like the Thurk of their podcast, if, if Thurk actually did anything for the show. Oh! <laughs> 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 I'm keeping that one in. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely check out those podcasts. Listen to those. <laughs> Go listen to those shows. Um, definitely, once again, at the Quest and Network, questandnetwork.com. Uh, Questionable Endeavor is a home for all kinds of geekiness. And go enjoy it. So um, I think that's about it. Anything else? Uh, hey, Bill, you never get to show yes. your Instagram. Where can people find your Instagram? It is at uh, my name, which is uh, Bill Little. It's Little spelt just like the word. Uh, 1982. There you go. Search that on Instagram. You can find all kinds of his collection of plasticky toys. It, it's um, also named uh, Azure Talon's Toy Museum. So there you go. Azure Talon will probably get you there too. I, I actually i've I have three verified accounts liking one of my photos the other day. I was very proud of that. It's... Two of which were former Red Rangers. <laughs> what was the third then? Uh, he was a a drummer from a band, and he's like an independent filmmaker that makes like Power Ranger videos. Oh. Weird. Chris Cantata is his name. Uh, a Filipino musician best known as the former drummer and backing vocalist of the band Sponge Cola. He, uh, from what I saw on his Instagram, looks like he does a lot of uh, videos for like fan Power Ranger movies. All right. Well, uh, go check all that out. Josh, anything you want to pimp? No. I'm a little, little, little busy with the family. <laughs> Don't pimp your family. That's the, oh, you can't do I that. don't want to do that. <laughs> the new MTV show, Pimp My Family. Um, <laughs> we will be back in just a moment after a quick commercial from another one of our shows in the network, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, you like podcasts. Do you also like wrestling? If you do, you should check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Every Thursday, some friends and I talk about the week that was in the WWE and TNA. We mostly mock TNA, but uh, we'll also predict pay-per-views, we'll make jokes, we'll make really, really terrible jokes, and every so often, we'll laugh at a dead person's expense. I apologize for that, but check out The Rundown every Thursday on the Questionable Endeavor Network. Alright, we're back for the break card. <laughs> episode back. 25 i accept your last wish all right bill take it away let's let's do this let's jump in well we immediately are hit with the phrase 
the super galaxy die Gurren is sinking. And somebody, I think it was um, Dayaka, yells, nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> D- I'm like, I, Dayaka no shit. is like my spirit animal right now. Like, he, he and I totally get each other. Like, we right? got, we're on the same page. Uh, we have uh, more of the Kitan and Yoko, like, weirdly half-flirting. Or maybe it's not half-flirting at this point, but... Yeah, we get more Again, of it. Again, it's just it's, kind of forced. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, but again, yeah, it's one of those things where they just kind of inject this weird sort of relationship into the into the episode. And it's just kind of strange, kind of weird. Yep. Tension comes in from uh, Team Diger and is uh, getting these hands. <laughs> nice. And the solution for that is for Clown Guy to blast everything. And shock of shock, his cannons don't work again. You know, Ottenborough's great and all, but, like, he is the most one-note person in this entire anime. He absolutely is. He's like, boobs and bombs, yeah! (laughs) He gets a little bit of a note in that he's depressed when his cannons don't work. So, uh, Kapu King, Mac, and Genome rattles off some crap about the death spiral field that sucks up spiral energy. Yes, it does. And, uh, you know, when Simone is being an engineer, Gurren Lagann has a dick drill, right? You saw that? Hey, Josh, do you remember the dick drill? I don't remember a drill coming out of his dick per se, because he, he was surrounded in, drill. in drills left and right. Yeah, he has, like, arm drills and leg drills and, like, wing drills. And then one is, like, straight up coming out of his dick. That's awesome. That's a drill. It fits the yes. metaphor. That's something. Uh, so Simone, yeah, Simone's <laughs> idea. Simone, so, uh, hey, it's a Simone. <laughs> I didn't see how these things would like tie together as I was writing it. So Simone's plan is to overwhelm the energy field by screaming. Hey, Josh, I feel like this is your type of plan. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, like how viable is this? I don't think it's necessarily the power of screaming, which is granted an anime trope in of itself. It's the fact that he's going to produce more energy than the uh, machine can convert into matter. So it, and he does that by screaming. Well, how else are we supposed to represent the fact that he's powering up? I mean, come on. He can't exactly have his hair turn golden and a corona of gold energy uh, surround him or anything like that. I, I mean, that'd be just that. far too derivative at that point. That would be great. Well, they use green energy, so it'd have to be green corona and green hair. And Viral's just like, I'm over here coordinating the energy. I'll just, like, make sure all the levers are pulled. I kind of feel bad for Viral in this episode because the entire time Simone's like doing all the work and like whenever it pans down to Viral, he's not surrounded by energy. He's just kind of sitting there looking a little dejected, kind of bored. Said, he said like, I'll monitor the outputs. I guess he's just like sitting there turning knobs and shit. Or not. He does that in like three seconds and then. It kind of reminds me, like, I know we talked about it before. And I, I think Josh had brought up something about it before in an earlier episode, like when Rossiu was like piloting alongside of Simone, and like, like how much is Rossiu actually contributing? It never seems to be a whole heck of a lot, you know. And I guess the no. same thing here with Viral. It's like Viral is just kind of hanging out. Well, he he can't produce spiral energy because he can't fuck, so you know. <laughs> uh, especially That's now, canon. because like. At least Rossio could produce some spiral energy. Um, he could produce some other and things, too. Viral's a better pilot, but there's no piloting happening. Yeah. True. Um, you know, it'd be kind of funny if he was sitting there, if they actually show, like, one of his readouts, he's actually playing Tetris or something. Yeah. That guy's <gasps> playing Galaga. So cool. I see you. Yes. 
So they decide to switch to real ammunition for once, and that does take out the hands and feet, but not enough of them, and they start to stomp and push the ship back down into the space water goo. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird um, premise for this episode. The idea that they are trying to fight their way out of this space ocean, and yeah. <laughs> while also like the the mechs are flying around fighting giant hands and feet, it is. If you just like were to randomly turn on like the middle of this fight for someone who hadn't watched this anime and said like, so what, what's your general critique? Like, I, I just would be really curious what some of the thoughts would be. Be like, yep, that's anime, all right. For me, um, if I had seen it, I'd, I probably would have been like, either I would have a been so intrigued to want to see how it got to this point, or b I just want to went nope. <laughs> <laughs> probably the second for me if I hadn't started watching the series. So, uh, Gimme, Gimme's the boy orphan, right? Yes. Uh, so Gimme walks up and he starts to talk to Keaton about dying already, which, like, what the fuck, dude? He, to be fair, he's kind of like where Simone was at back in the day. Like, he's as young, kind of like around, maybe a little older than what Simone was back when Simone was fighting alongside Kamina. So it's it's this sort of teenage angst that we see in anime. And yeah, I think he was talking about Keaton dying. Oh, he, he's talking about Keaton dying, he's isn't he? He's like, walks Keaton up to Keaton he's he... like... He doesn't want to see anyone else die. He saw his other friends die. Saw Jorgen and Balambo die. And he's finally like... Right. He's getting rid of his brashness that he's shown since day one, pretty much. And he's like, I like you. Don't die. He's casting a hell of a foreshadow is what he's doing. He is. No, he definitely is. And it's, it's one of those things where we as an audience don't necessarily have the closest relationship with some of the people who are dying. But these characters do. So we have to kind of keep in mind, like... This, these are the only people they have in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, but yeah, definitely heavy foreshadowing. Try to keep the context. We don't know them, but... Well, actually, though, these are characters that we've actually kind of grown seen somewhat, Seen somewhat, yeah, kind of grown and whatnot. And then Keaton goes off on like a... He tries to be inspirational and gets upset that he can't talk like that guy. You know his name, dude. What the hell? Yes, because uttering his name will, will, will bring his specter about. It's like Voldemort. If it would, that would be helpful. <laughs> it really That is true. That would be so helpful right now. Ghosts are made of energy. He can like inspire people. It would help. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad that's not a bad thought, honestly. And then Yoko keeps talking to him that even though Kamina was pulling them from above, he was pushing them from below, which I don't really know what that means either. Simone, actually, but yes. Yeah. That, no, he said Kamina and Simone were pulling them from, from above. Yeah. Yes, and that Keaton was the force supporting the force behind below. the drill. Essentially, they were. P- point so, being, he's pushing their bottom. Yeah. Well, um, Keaton is a bottom. That's what we've determined <laughs> from this. Yeah. It's more, I think, the idea of Simone's the tip of the drill. Keaton was <laughs> the pressure behind it that kept the drill going. That kept that kept it spinning. If we want to keep doing the the drill, so, so like the thighs. Keaton was giving a reach around. <laughs> the glutes. <laughs> So, uh, Diakaiser and Space King Keaton take off into the battle scene. Okay, pause. Space King Keaton, is this new? I don't remember. Uh, they had like the... I feel like at some point they, they introduced the space mech suit, mech suit. Yeah, they, I don't they know, talked like, about it in the previous episode that Super Galaxy Diguran was able to create Arc Gurren-sized versions of Team Diguran's oh, uh, 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 gunmen. That's right. Okay. That was part it's of just the Leita's whole thing of not, not being able to do a whole lot. 
God. The, just the, the weird name kind of came out of nowhere for me. <laughs> but I think it's cool. Well, they have electrical backup engines, so they can still operate inside this death spiral that's sucking out their spiral energy. Which is pretty... That's really cool. I like I like that. Which makes sense that Beastmen were driving them. Keytown starts to talk about when we get back to Earth. Bad sign. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. That's anime, like, no-no number one. Oh, but he commits a few of those no-nos as this episode goes. I'm going to retire in one week. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> the Great Pearls show up, and they make the possible possible. Is that and a quote? Ke- yes. <laughs> and Keaton says he can't say no to women and children. And I'm just wondering, which one does Dari count as now? <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> And they head off to rip the monsters off the ship and the brake card. <gasps> Ooh. Hey guys, William Rankin here from the New Blood Rising podcast. Just wanted to uh, give a little bit more background about our show here on the Questionable Endeavor Network. We are a timeline-based pro wrestling podcast, a nostalgia podcast in a lot of ways because we look at past eras of professional wrestling and try to find either either missing nuggets that we never saw before or maybe we re-examine things that we thought were once excellent that maybe aren't so much anymore and vice versa we go through a variety of different seasons we've gone through uh vince russo era wcw we've gone through the invasion era of the wwf we've watched every single ecw pay-per-view and talked about them We've even gone through The Undertaker's streak, his streak at WrestleMania, and basically all his WrestleMania matches, even beyond the streak. Spoiler alert, he lost at some point. And we talk about it. So that's who we are. We're the New Blood Rising Podcast. We're on Twitter, at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Please drop us a rating and review on iTunes, and please continue to subscribe to this on the Questionable Endeavor Network, as well as many of the other fine podcasts here. Hey, we're back! Hey, hey! You didn't take us away this time. Thank you. That place was scary. So Leron does a zoom and enhance like he's on CSI. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a reference I didn't think Bill was ever going to make ever. That's that's great. Only because other shows make fun of it all the time. I don't. I don't know what. I'm apparently. um, Oh, what's the dude's name? I'm apparently exactly like one of the dudes from that show, and I can't. I can't anyway. Anyway, I can't remember the character's name. Carry on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am a character from that show, but carry on. So the zoom and the enhance finds a bunch of other Lagans that have made their way this far. And the anti-spirals tell them they aren't special for getting this far. Was it like a graveyard of them or something? Yeah, or? yeah, it was, yeah, it was, like yeah, it was a bunch tunes. of dead ones all laying there in space. Okay, because I, when I saw that scene, I was a little confused by it. So, okay, I just wanted the clarification. Yeah. And then they really drive the point home by showing them vines of them destroying other Lagans. <laughs> oh, no. There's even vines of the future. God damn it. I fucking hate vines. Except for the vine once that was... Can I ever tell you about the, my favorite vine? The one where uh, this guy is, like, at a Staples, and he's all like, Oh, my God. Staples really does uh, does sell Staples. And then he, like, looks like he's got a brainstorm, and he, the next scene is him, like, running and skipping towards a Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's fine. My what vine. happened to but you? Anyway, 
<laughs> Carry I on. think it got shut down, bought out and shut down. Mm. Uh-huh. So Liron, interestingly, paraphrases his past self. And he says that the death spiral ocean is where the tears of the spiral races end up. Is that a paraphrase from earlier? Yeah, because he was talking about, that's when he was talking about the ocean. And that's where the tears of all the women whose hearts had broken would, would collect was in the ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. It was a bit of, of decent writing. I mean, it was a weird line to start with, but uh, at least they did something with yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call back. Simone basically says that he is the tipping point of using the losses and the defeats of the others in the past to fuel this victory. And then he reveals his plan, which is to fly Super Galaxy Die Gurren straight into the Death Spiral machine. And Leon agrees, yeah, that's usually how we do things. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that they realized that there would be anyone this stupid to do a plan like this in reference to the uh, anti-spirals, which I think is a great uh, thought as well. The anti-spirals apparently have not been paying attention at all during the season. Nope. No. Uh, We get an explanation of the field machine. Uh, The important things about it being that the uh, Digurin is only going to last for 300 seconds. Yep. And that more spiral energy, of course, would be the actual solution. And then the ship starts the flooding spacing. Yeah. Yeah, it gets bad. And we get the beautiful phrase of, don't let any more space get in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's so bad. It does. This does stretch the bounds of credulity a scotch. Yeah, a tiny bit. (laughs) But as as I said, I just kind of just at this point just kind of rolled with him. It's like, fuck it, whatever. (laughs) Meanwhile, Buddha is leaping around and glowing and shows up to get in Viral's cockpit. Then he provides more spiral power because reasons. I must have dozed off during that part a little bit when I was watching it because I remembered Buta being on the the ship with the others and then all of a sudden he was in the cockpit and I was like, wait, when did he get there? I'm so confused. So I must have dozed off for a few seconds. One of the other members on the bridge teleported down to help Leita and Buta jumped into the teleport as well. And that's how he ended up over at uh, Gurren Lagan. He is the perceptual teleporter sense. to get to Gurren Lagan. Cause, that makes sense. Yeah. We cut to uh, the broken drills that Gurren Lagan has produced. Mm-hmm. And somebody needs to turn on a light to get rid of all these foreshadows. <laughs> uh, the spiral energy missile gets launched at the machine. The music swells and womp womp, missiles get fucked. Yeah, you kind of knew that was going to happen. Yep. I like the animation of, of the crushed missile, though. It does look pretty cool uh, when it when it gets wrecked. When I saw that, I was confused because I thought it was not just the missile, but I thought it was Keton getting crushed. Nope, you're, not yet. you're jumping ahead. Yeah, well, I know. I know. But like it was one of those things where I was really confused and he was there again. I'm like, wait a minute, I thought he just died. No, that was just straight up the missile. Okay, okay. They were building missiles that were had the drill bit tips that weren't the ones from Gurren Lagann. Okay. And then, here it comes. Uh, Keaton and Yoko both had the same idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Keaton says he's going to do the kamikaze into the Death Spiral machine, and then he kisses Yoko. Bad foreshadowing. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Or, there's no more foreshadowing here, because he even yells, I'm not going to say anything lame like later, buddy. I'm just going to say, see you later, bozos. Yeah, that was a cool callback. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I just have to say, though, this moment with him kissing Yoko, it makes me think Yoko should never kiss a guy ever again. At this point. Yeah, af- probably af- a good idea. Black Widow, kiss of death. No, what I'm saying is maybe after this, she should just become a lesbian and never kiss a man ever. Kiss women and then the women die. Yeah. Equal opportunity death. <laughs> she just become a nun and teach. <laughs> well, we got she a couple be more like episodes. A really provocative nun. She nuns are brides of Christ. Do you want her to kill Jesus? Oh, shit. He'd only come back three days afterwards. I mean, that's his respawn time. Oh, no! God. Bill, keep going. So the ship makes the hole, and <laughs> Space King Keton explodes with the missile. Uh, um, exploding in that hole. Yep. But, luckily, King Keton is okay. Yep. As he j- jumps out of the explosion. And he had, of course, brought one of Gurn Logon's drills. Now, he does a bunch of crazy shouting about his soul and uh, Simone's soul, and then he uses that drill to do a King Keton Giga drill break, destroying the machine and, finally, dying in the process and making everybody sad. I gotta say, though, if you're gonna go out, he went out like a boss. (laughs) Keton's death was cool. Yeah. I mean, even as as he goes to pencil line, he's like, so, this is the power of the spiral, huh? Yeah, I could get used to that. It, it was one of the better death scenes in the show, absolutely. And now the Dark Sea can't uh, stay in its mass form anymore and starts to revert back to huge, huge amounts of spiral energy that uh, Simone, Viral, and Buta use instantly to transform the Super Galaxy Digurin into the Super Galaxy Gurren Logon. Yep. And that was it, right? Yep, end of the episode. It emerged. La, 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 yep, la, la, it emerges la, la, la. and then shit's something, gonna get something. real. <laughs> Black and white cartoons and something, some words. It wasn't uh wasn't the music like really weird because it was the uh it was the break card like yo yo fight the power, but also like weird and operatic. No, they did that earlier. Yeah, they did oh, okay. during the show. It, it's it's like the full song, but it was like a remix. Which I liked. I really like it. Um it was a little discordant to me, but it was I, I've weird. tried to find the, that that particular track, but it's hard to find. Yeah, it was a little, little too weird for me, but but it was it was definitely something that stood out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was episode twenty-five of Gurren Lagann. It was I accept your last wish. Bill, thoughts on this episode? It was okay. I mean, like I said, we all knew what was happening with it. It wasn't like it was a surprise. That stuff was kind of forced, but we're getting there. Okay. Josh? Um, well, not much else to say about the episode. Um, I like uh, Keaton's final moment in the sun. I thought that was really cool. As I said, he went out like a boss and pretty badass. Uh, everything else, pretty self-explanatory. I think it's a good episode. Once again, uh, no complaints. Yeah, I liked it. I liked this episode quite a bit. I think these two episodes worked really well together. I think I really like the continuing building up of uh you know sort of like challenges for each of the characters i like the death scenes i i like it i it's got me interested to see how the final battle is gonna go i don't know how they raise it beyond like where they've been in this anime so far this anime has been 
some pretty wild, buck wild places uh, with regards to combat, with regards to escalation. Um, <laughs> knowing knowing this anime, it's going to pull some weird bullshit. But um, this pro- that I probably will hate. But I, I, I am curious. It's gonna get crazy, dude. I'm just gonna tell you this now. It's gonna get crazy. It's gonna have to because I feel like it's been building and building and building, and they they don't have any other place to go but just crazier. Because a regular fight's gonna feel kind of like a letdown in these last couple episodes. Hmm. So, do you think? Are you looking forward to the next two episodes? Then, yeah, I think so. I, I think I'm ready. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to watch it. I. I like these two. I, I don't know if overall it's gotten me to like a, like a really like, Oh, I just cannot wait to watch it. But I am, I do want to watch it. I want to see where it goes. You, you, you've gone this far. Might as well uh, uh, finish it. There you go. All right. Uh, which is next week, which is episode 26. Let's go, buddy. I can't wait. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, but before we do that, we need to get out of here for this week. So Josh, if you wouldn't mind, Take us out. Well, this has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s escaped a sea of condensed space and transformed into a giant ship of doom. Talk about anime. And I've got kids waiting for me back home. I'm Josh. A.K.A. The Other Room. (laughs) I'm a bundle of spiral energy. My name is Andy. And my enemy is the entire universe. I'm Bill. (laughs) And I guess we will see you next time. Bye-bye. I have no more reviews to do. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like the Shadowvane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Home Stars, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, the Reanimator Podcast, the Taco Tuesday Podcast, Nerd Control, and our newest show, Hairless Pretenders. That's what you had in mind, right? (gasps) Sorry, just thinking of myself like always. Thanks. You're doing this because you want to. I can't stop you. Do the impossible, see the invisible. Row, row, fight the power, touch the untouchable, break the unbreakable. Row, row, fight the power. I ain't seeing no showy crap like later, buddy, or something lame like that. I'll be seeing you soon, you bozos!
all you. Believe me, I'm gonna put it to good use! Keaton! This is Simon's soul! Team Dicoran's soul! Humanity's soul! And actually, it's my soul! Do you seriously think it's gonna be wiped out by the likes of you? This is the power of the spiral. Not bad, not bad at all. 